Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey guys, welcome back to Board Games Daily. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and we've got some work to do. As uh, you may have noticed, it's been a week or so since we've kind of regularly got some episodes out. Just a lot of stuff going on that kind of got in the way of that, but it's not that we haven't been recording content. So we're catching up on some old episodes. You can see the episode just before this one was an episode from last week. So that one's out. We're going to kick this one out and we've got a couple more coming at you after this. But what I should let you know is there's a couple things you need to know about. One, Patreon still happening. You can still be a part of what we do. Check it out. Theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. And more importantly, go check out Theologyofgames.com and look for our 12 Days of Christmas contest. That's right. It's all over the social media. It's all over the website. We are giving away 12 amazing prize packs. Check them out. Go to Theology of Games. And that is where you will find all the different ways that you can enter. So that's pretty cool, I think, anyway. Also, don't forget, we've got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, we got a couple first impressions uh, of a few new games that we have gotten to the table. We've also got Topic Tuesday coming at you. We're going to talk about Ticket to Ride and uh, a couple other things. So if you want to weigh in on any of this, don't forget that we can get you on the show. That's right. All you got to do, call 216-352-3862, and we will put you on the show. It will be super awesome. And I don't think that's the right number. <laughs> 3864. 3864 and we will get you on the show. All right, let's jump into this thing. Here we go. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. I'm AJ Skifstad. I'm bringing you my Monday night game night, What's Hitting the Table. So tonight, Josh and Jeremiah are coming over. So this is like my uh, core game group from back in the day. Jeremiah actually kind of, I don't know, between the two of us, we kind of started game. We gamed a lot in my basement at my old house. And uh, we gamed a lot at his house, too. He introduced me to a lot of the niche games, though. Uh, in any case, this is like a core game group right here. Love these guys. And tonight we're going to play a new game that I picked up called Innis. It's been out for a year and a half, two years now. And Innis is a board game about um, territory control. There's three different victory conditions you can meet. And when you meet those victory conditions, you take a pretender token. You're pretending to be the winner. At the end of the round, or it's actually the beginning of the next round, if you have a pretender token, meaning you've met one or more of the victory conditions, you may be the winner. Because other people may have a pretender token as well. And then it goes to how well, how many of those victory conditions you've met, and then the final uh, decision is made on who has the first player token. And that's not just a, a random um, tiebreaker. Having the first player token is determined by who owns the capital. So by owning the capital throughout the game um, determines if you're going to have that first player token. So it, to have that first player token, you actually did have to fight for it. It's a good tiebreaker. So with that said, you are these Celtic clans vying for different territories. 
And you're doing it basically by drafting cards and playing cards. There's a little bit of skirmish happening, but it's not a battle like you think. The battle is it's called clashes. They're called clashes. And in those clashes, those clashes are determined by moving players out of territories, hiding them in sanctuaries, excuse me, in, in citadels, or, uh, or playing cards, discarding cards to remain in the territory. So uh, there is a little bit of a battle element to it. But mostly, it's a maneuver territory control game. I'm very excited to try it out tonight. I picked this up in a trade for Bora Bora, which I had mentioned. And Bora Bora was a phenomenal Steffenfeld game. I really enjoy Bora Bora. And it was probably his most beautiful game. Not that he did the art, but uh, it's probably the most beautiful Steffenfeld game that I've played. I really enjoyed the artwork. However, it did not hit the table with my game group. And I... I'm a little bit sad about that because it's a phenomenal game. It's really, really good. And it just was nothing. It just was something that did not hit the table. We had other games that we wanted to play over it. And, and, and especially like when it came between that and Burgundy, it was always like, ah, let's play Burgundy. And, and if we did decide to play Bora Bora, we'd have to bust out the rules again because we didn't play it frequently enough to, to remember all the little subtle nuances of the game and, and everything. So it, it was... It just wasn't hitting the table. Do I feel bad Bora Bora went? A little bit. Um, do I think that Ennis is going to be a better game than Bora Bora? I don't. But I do think it's going to be a game that might hit the table more often due to its length, um, its simplicity, uh, also its theme and artwork. Its artwork is really, really cool. It's got like this ancient kind of um, historical looking artwork. I love it. So I haven't played it yet. Going to play it tonight. Jeremiah is probably bringing a buttload of games over. And we're probably going to try out a few new ones tonight. So I'm excited to see what he has in his bag of wonders. Other than that, I don't know. I'll let you know how Ennis is tomorrow. Hey, stay tuned. We've got a lot of good stuff coming at you today. I'm going to give you some of my gift guide uh, ideas for this holiday season. That's it for now. Check you later. This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more Board Game Buzz as Board Games Daily gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our tables. Hey there everybody, it is now Tuesday where I'm going to do a continuation of some segments from yesterday. We did, our, uh, we did a little bit of our gift guide, uh, just talking about some queen games. And I talked about what I might play with the Monday Night Game Group. And the one game we got to the table for sure was Innis, which I had mentioned I traded uh, Bora Bora for. And I think Bora Bora still, after playing it, is probably the better game. However, I think Innis is the better game for me. And here's why. Innis has basically uh, two main mechanics. You're going to be drafting cards and playing cards. Now, there's a lot of strategy that goes into what you do once you play these cards, because you're gonna be moving in and out of territories, building things, uh, adding new clan members to the game. And so there's all sorts of things that's happening through the card play, but basically, I just have to worry about drafting four cards each round, and I have to worry about playing them. Now, the game is way heavier than what I just made it seem. But it's easy enough that that's the only mechanic that I have to remember. I don't have to remember to do too much else other than play my cards and hope that I play them in the best way possible and make the best decisions possible. 
I did not win this game. I actually, I was probably the underdog in this game. I had no chance of winning. At the end of the game, I, I just looked like I had no idea what I was doing. So with that said, I still had a great time. And here's one of the indicators for me that helped me know that this game was a keeper and that it was going to hit my table more often. We all sat around and talked about it for the next 10 minutes. Uh, I, you know, I did, some, I did some probing questions to ask what people thought of it. But before that, we were all talking about what we could have done different and like what we thought each other was doing and what our goal was from the beginning and, and who thought this, who thought that. Uh, and that's just a, that was just all natural conversation that we had right after the game. We wanted to talk about why people, why somebody won, why somebody didn't win. And that doesn't always happen with every game, especially a really bad game. If you play a game that you just don't like, the, the moment it ends, you don't care who won or lost. You just you talk about why the game stunk. Uh, this game didn't stink. This game was really, really good. I can't wait to play it again. Uh, super solid game. We also busted out a new game, which I had hoped we would play. Jeremiah and I had been talking earlier in the day, yesterday, about this game called Black Orchestra. I believe Black Orchestra is by Game Salute. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Basically, what you are is you're uh, Nazis in World War II Germany, so in the 40s, and you're defecting, and you are trying to kill Hitler. You're trying to make a plot to kill Hitler. This is based off... Um, this is based off some true events in history, people that really did try and assassinate Hitler. If you want to see that played out, you can watch the movie Valkyrie, which was an excellent movie, all things considered. I, I don't know that it got as much credit as it deserved, but I, I thought it was a really good movie. Valkyrie, check it out. Anyways, in this game, you're going to be playing those same characters trying to go after Hitler, and uh, you're going to be moving around different places in Germany, Poland, France, and even the USSR. And you're going to try and find him. And you, as you draw cards into your hand throughout this game, you're going to find plots to kill Hitler. And there's going to be different plots, like there's a lone gunman, which is a really hard plot to complete. There's uh, a coup d'etat, which is a much easier, not much easier, but easier than the lone gunman to complete. Uh, and you'll get certain dice, and you have to roll certain dice to actually uh, hit Hitler, which is... This is very good thematically that you have to roll dice to hit him. And uh, the way that you roll those dice changes based upon different things, uh, how much military support he has, what you actually have to get in order to kill him. That all changes based upon some different things. Um, the reason I like this mechanic so much was because this is a should not win game. To, to kill Hitler, this was a ridiculous plot ridiculous plan to do this and in fact obviously as we know as history tells us these guys and there were several attempts on Hitler's life but these guys in this plot uh, did fail and so um, it, it is based a lot on luck if you're gonna try and try and assassinate this guy you've got to have a lot of things fall into place just so and that's including some dice rolls so I was very excited to see that mechanic there's also this conspire action in the game which is really cool where you can get more actions on your turn by rolling some dice, but there's also a chance that some bad things might happen if you decide to roll those dice. Another great thematic element of this game is if you're gonna conspire with one another, 
be careful. You might there might be a traitor in the group. Now, not literally. I'm just talking thematically, and you might have to take some uh, suspicion because of that. And when your suspicion goes up, that's harder for you to win the game. Uh, it was it was really solid. Things in this game were so thematically immersive that I really enjoyed it. Now there are a couple drawbacks to this game. It was super long. Uh, and, and this was not even because we had to do some rule checking here and there, which wasn't too bad anyways, because the rules are pretty good. Uh, but we had to do some rule checking. Uh, but the game was just really, really long. One of our buddies actually had to leave because the game was so long. It says it's going to take 90 minutes. I think it took us about probably 120. And I don't know that I... And, and by the time we got there, and we did kill Hitler, by the time we got there, I was no longer invested. Not the way I was at the beginning of the game. I was just like, oh, let's just get him already. Uh, I want to be done. I should never have to think that about a game. Ever. Never should I have to think, I just want this to be over for a game that's good. Now, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say we were tired. We weren't playing as fast and thinking as quickly as we could. Uh, We were... Uh, buddies who had not seen each other in a while, so there were side conversations too. I was making popcorn at one point, grabbing some drinks at one point. Uh, I mean, there are some factors that could have made this happen. I want to give the game the benefit of the doubt because everything else was really solid about this game. It looked good. The components were pretty decent. There was nothing spectacular about them. Uh, nice cards, uh, good good cutout, cutout chips and things like that. No miniatures or anything. But the components were, were good enough. I like this game a lot. I just need to try it again and make sure that it's not going to take as long this next time. Because if it does, uh, I can't play it anymore. I just can't. I, I did not want to be playing at the end of this game. So Black Orchestra, aside from that, was really a solid game. I've got to try it again, make sure it doesn't take that long next time. If it does, not for me. But otherwise, it is, and it might be for you too. It's a great cooperative, so check out Black Orchestra. Finally, we got a game, a little game called Space Park to the table. I don't know if Jeremiah has talked about this game yet, but it's a little bit of a Splendor mashup uh, with, um, gosh, I don't even know. But it's got this kind of space theme. You're going to be going around this space park collecting gems and basically trying to uh, to play these cards that are worth victory points. First person to 20 victory points wins. But the best part of the game is the movement mechanic. You're, if you, you're gonna be moving in a clockwise pattern around these parks. I think there's, uh, this park, I think there's six, seven boards and one of them's the length of, uh, of two boards so that you can have this kind of roundabout feel with the game. And every time you take an action, you move the action. You move one of the action icons that are these really cool rocket ships to the next action spot in line. So you can only take an action where rocket ships are at, and there's three of them. And as soon as you take that action, you move the rocket ship to the next space that's available, that's open. So you'll skip over rocket ships that already have a, a rocket ship there, and then you can only take the action where a rocket ship is at. So you can kind of make the rocket ships go where you want by taking actions that are before them and after them. That probably really doesn't make sense that much the way I just described it, but it is a very, very cool mechanism. I liked it. 
Um, and I like the game a lot. It played very quickly. It plays one to four. We played it with two. But that was um, Space Park. So check that out too. A really, really nice game. That's it for now. Check you later. All right, everybody. So it is time to give you a few suggestions for some holiday gift ideas. Uh, maybe you're thinking you want to get something for your gamer buddies or gamer family members. And or maybe you're thinking about just getting some lighter games for, for your not-so-gaming family members. So I'm not going to give you everything now. I'm going to give you some stuff over the weeks to come here. But I always like to mention this around um, the Christmas season. That if you're checking out Amazon, always take a look at Queen Games. Queen Games is always running sales on their games. And has some really good games in their uh, repertoire of games, I guess. Uh, repertoire is definitely not the right word. Tableau, uh, collection, I don't know. Uh, check out their games. They've got some really good ones in there that go on sale for really great prices. Now, there's some really bad ones too. You gotta stay away from them. You can't just pick a game up from Queen Games and think it's gonna be good, okay? They're not all good. A um, couple of them that you might wanna look out for, Kingdom Builder. Kingdom Builder, which is my all-time favorite game, always goes on sale. Uh, it's, it's been down to eight bucks before. I picked it up for eight bucks last year. And this is a game that uh, will sometimes retail up to 50 and 60 bucks. Um, I don't know why it would ever be at 60 bucks price point ever, anymore, but it sometimes is up there. So watch for that one. Escape is a great real-time uh, movement game where you're trying to escape this temple dungeon rolling dice and you've got 10 minutes to do it. It plays literally in 10 minutes. You play to a track that you can either play on a CD, YouTube, or your iPhone. Your choice, whatever. Uh, so anyways, that game, uh, last year, Jeremiah picked up the base game for like, uh, maybe like 15 to 20 bucks. He ended up sending it back a couple weeks later because the big box game got lower in price than that one. And the big box is awesome. I have it. I played many of the expansions in it. Totally worth the big box. But if you don't want to pick up the big box, you just want the base, it goes on sale. Escapes another great game by Queen Games. Lancaster, one of my one of the games that I think is the most underrated worker placement game almost that there is. This game is so good. The worker placement mechanisms in it are awesome. There's this parliament mechanism in it that's cool where these new laws go into effect which are basically scoring uh ways to score they go into effect every round this game is phenomenal i love 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 lancaster the big box just went down to 35 bucks uh, a couple days ago and it might get lower than that uh, but if you can't get the big box again the base edition is enough these games get cheap and they're really good alhambra it's an older game. It was a 2003 Spiel des Jahres winner. Uh, 2003 or 2009? Wow. It's crazy. I, I think I think Kingdom Builder was 2011 or 12. Maybe Alhambra was 9. Or was it 3? I can't remember. Anyways, Alhambra is a great tile placement game. Putting different color buildings into your Alhambra that you're building. And whoever has the majority of that colored building at the end of each round is going to receive a certain amount of victory points as the rounds get later. Those victory points are worth more. Uh, you can see it as the tiles deplete from the bag, which tiles deplete. Um, it's a great little money hand management game, tile placement. 
excellent game. These games all go on sale for dirt cheap by Queen games. There's a few other by Queen that you might want to keep an eye out for. Uh, I can't think of them offhand right now, but they're out there. But do your research if you're going to buy Queen games. Otherwise, just stick to those four that I told you now. Those are some really solid ideas, and you might just find a winner for your family and friends within those four. That's it for now. Check you later. Hey, Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. Just coming to you with a little bit of weekend gaming that I did. I broke out last week uh, Spirit Island with my 10-year-old, and he wasn't sure at first, and then fell in love with it. He loves co-ops. He loves deck builders, which is kind of sort of is in the sense that you're constantly improving your deck and then playing it out. And then he loves special powers. So... Our first game, he played Lightning Swift Strike, and I played Shadows Flicker Like Flame. And we won uh, pretty handily through fear. I mean, we were just cranking on the fear, especially my Shadows guy. He just creates a lot of fear. And uh, so then we thought, okay, let's try two completely different ones, two of the other kind of basic low-complexity ones. So he played... River Surges in Sunlight, and I played Vital Strength of the Earth. And they were very different because they both had a lot of slow things. And whereas before, he was able to like, hey, you can be fast for this turn. And just, it it helped us a lot that he was able to do that. And in this game, neither one of us had anything that could make us faster. And so it took a lot of Okay, we're going to get hammered this turn, but we need to think about next turn. If I can do this for next turn, let's do that. So a lot of slow powers. They didn't complement each other hugely, but as we were playing, we thought, oh, you know what would happen is the lightning and the water seem like they would work really well. He's really excited to try that. Anyway, going back to the game, we played and we won barely. We had one turn left after the one we were in before we would run out of Explore cards. And the board was covered in Explorers. We almost ran out of Explorer uh, pieces. And I looked in the rule book for what happens if that happens. And I, I still don't know because it didn't say, but we were covered. But we finally got our fear to the point where if as long as we could kill all the cities, we did. Uh, we would win. And so the only thing that saved us was a fear card that allowed us to remove two problematic towns so that they wouldn't become, they wouldn't build cities. It was the only thing that saved us because uh, it's possible we could have won on the next turn, which would have been the last turn. But uh, anyway, super exciting game. Just love it. We, um, so we get done and my son immediately says, dad, let's play lightning and water. I want to be lightning, you be water. He set up the board himself. He got everything ready. He usually gets a little sick of games. He is not sick of this game at all. He wants to play it all the time. And I know Jeremiah is sick of AJ and me talking about this, but Spirit Island is so good. And we've, my son and I have only played with the low complexity ones. I have personally played with some of the higher ones and they're fun, but He's having the time of his life, and we're still on the basic level. I cannot wait to explore this more with him. He's having so much fun. I cannot recommend this game highly enough. So that's what we played this weekend. Tonight is game night. 
hoping to get another play of Coimbra in, which I really enjoyed last week. And I think everyone who played wants to jump in and try it again. And so we'll see. I'll let you know tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. Hey there, it's Firestone with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. Coming to you with our topic Tuesday, which this week is just a question for you. What is your favorite Ticket to Ride expansion and why? Now, there are, I think, like 12 different maps. And I'm not really talking about the 1910 expansion, which is kind of uh, just a, a set of cards. And I'm not talking about the anniversary edition. I'm talking about like the map different the diff, different maps that they have nordic countries india asia things like that so just a basic expansion map which one's your favorite my answer is well my answer depends which is kind of a cop out but i know if i have 6 people i love playing the asia map of tickets ride it's six players uh, partnership game and i thought this sounds crazy you cannot play a partnership tickets ride it totally works, and it's terrific. If you can get the chance to play with six players, take a ride. Asia is just great. It's really, really good. Do not poo-poo this game as like, an oh, it's a non-gamer. It's a gateway game. That's all I play. No, this is a really solid game. And if we're not going to do that, then I really like the Pennsylvania UK one. Uh, I have not played with the UK, I will say that. But the Pennsylvania one, I, I just love the simple addition of the stocks which kind of brings it back. Alan Moon just designed this, and this kind of throws it back to his Union Pacific games where he's adding this stock element to things, and it just works. You're building railroads, and so you're also getting stocks in these railroads, and it's going to pay out differently based on who has most stocks in it. So if I only was going to get one, I would probably get UK Pennsylvania, just for Pennsylvania, because I really like it. But I have... But if I, I was going to play with teams or had six people, I would definitely go with Asia. It's super fun. So tell us what your favorite Ticket to Ride map expansion is and why. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Bye. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. All right. We are talking about Ticket to Ride. Firestone brought up a great topic Tuesday. Uh, what is your favorite Ticket to Ride board or map? Now, Ticket to Ride is it's so, so interesting because it's such a phenomenon in the industry because of how it started and where it's at now. You can find this game in just about any store where toys and games are sold. Uh, it wasn't always that way. The game is just a really good game. And I know some of you are, are saying, you know, no, it's not. It's, it's everywhere. It's a, it's a sellout game. It's, a, uh, it's overrated. Well, no, it's not overrated. It just is very accessible and it's really good. Sure, there's games that are way better than Ticket to Ride in, in the gaming industry, but not everybody knows about those yet. This one just happened to be so good that it rose to fame, and um, it's it just surpassed some of those ones that are better be, because of because of its the legs that it has to stand on. So it's a good game, and uh, we want to talk about what maps are our favorites. My favorite map uh, was was the base box 
Europe map. Um, this was the second one released after the U.S. Um, and, and in fact, I, I could be wrong about that. They could have been released at the same time or one or the other first. All I know is I like the European expansion best. Um, I love the tunnels and I felt like the routes played a little bit more easily. They just kind of made a little bit more sense, I guess. Um, and I, I, I think it was easier to attain more routes in in the European version than it was the US version. So I like this version better. But just about three years ago now, um, they came out with the Pennsylvania UK dual expansion. This is a double-sided board uh, with different cards for each map. You got routes for UK, you got routes for Pennsylvania, and then you got some other stuff going on with each one. Now, these both surpass the European board for me. I love UK version, but Pennsylvania is by far my favorite. Pennsylvania p- plays as seamlessly as the original two, uh, the Europe and, and US, but it has this stock element where you're, there's about 10 different stocks and different railroad companies, and as you play on certain, uh, certain routes, you're gonna add these stocks to your hand. Sometimes you get to choose what stocks to take, sometimes you just have to take what's on that route. And so like Pennsylvania Railroad is the biggest stock company. It has uh, 15 cards. And at the end of the game, if you're the majority owner of the Pennsylvania Railroad, you're gonna get 30 points. If you're in second place for that, 21 points, in third place and fourth place and so on, uh, you at least have to have one um, card to to get points for that stock. Uh, as the stocks get smaller or as the stocks get more unfamiliar or, or there's, there's less of those in Pennsylvania, there's less of those stocks and they're not as valuable. I think the lowest one, there's two of them. It's called the JBL, I think, um, or, uh, is it the Western Maryland? I can't remember. In any case, there's like only two of them. And if you get the one, obviously you're the majority owner because they're not, they're in number order. So if you get that first one, uh, you're going to be the majority owner and the person who gets the second one is going to be the second uh, shareholder, I guess, and they're going to get the second amount of points. But the amount of points for owning that one is only seven points and then the second is four, I think. So uh, what you really want to do is you want to get your hand in a lot of these stocks. You want to be able to come in second place on some of them. Um, if you're tied for them, it's whoever has the one that started first. Like I said, they're in number order, whoever is closer to the beginning of the, the order of those. So you can literally take the third Pennsylvania Railroad and have um, the most of those stock and win, even though somebody has number one or number two. So in any case, I love the Pennsylvania expansion. I love the stock element. I think it makes the game so much more interesting. And this is probably my favorite board expansion for Ticket to Ride. Uh, Don't give up on Ticket to Ride. If it's sitting on your shelf and gathering dust because you only have the US version or the Europe version, go out and pick up an expansion. Uh, I didn't even have time to talk about the UK version. The UK version is sweet. It is so good. Plays totally different than any other uh, Ticket to Ride board I've ever played. Pick up Pennsylvania, uh, UK, dual expansion. It's a game changer. It's going to breathe new life into Ticket to Ride. You're going to love it again. That's it for now. Check you later. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, check out the 12 Days of Christmas contest happening right now on TheologyofGames.com. 
And you can, uh, like I said, you can be a part of the show. Weigh in on your favorite ticket to ride map by calling 216-352-3864. Or if you're listening on Anchor, just use that voice message feature. We'll get you on the show. It'll be fun and exciting. And you'll be famous like us. We're not famous. Anyway, there it is. That's today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to share the show. Tell people about it if you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, tell the people you hate about it so that you can make their life miserable. You may think, but they'll probably like it anyway. Okay, I'm out of here for now until the next time, which is going to be sooner than tomorrow. But anyway, until next time, I'm Jeremiah Isley for my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone saying, go play a game. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table. Thank you.